the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 86, and our guest for the third time is Seth Walker. Seth is a singer, songwriter, painter, and author from North Carolina who is a great friend to The Marinade. This is the first time we've had someone back for a third conversation. The previous two were a blast. And I'm so excited to bring you this third talk. This one is a little different. First of all, instead of focusing on music, Seth and I talk about his book, Your Van is on Fire, which I highly recommend. I've mentioned it on the show before. It's part memoir, part reflection on his impressive career, part art gallery. It's just a delightful read, and you can get your copy at SethWalker.com. The second reason this one is different is that for the first time in Marinade history, we invited our Patreon patrons to be a part of the show. Jen Ross, Peter Haraldson, and Zach Schultz are all a part of this conversation. So Seth and I talked for a little while, and then our friends, Jen, Peter, and Zach, start to chime in. It was so much fun to share this process with people who have been a part of the show since the beginning, including Seth, who was one of our first guests almost four years ago. I want to shout out the three Patreon patrons for a second. Jen Ross is a photographer based in Sanford, Florida. Jen has been a dear friend and collaborator for years. Uh, check out her work at jenrossphotography.com. You can also find her on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Peter Haraldson is a dear friend who I've known since 2012 when we worked together. Peter is one of the smartest and funniest people I know. He's an educator in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I mentioned how smart he is. Well, he's smart enough not to have any social media to my knowledge. And Zach Schultz is a good friend of the show, also up in Minnesota. Zach has been with the Marinade since almost day one. He, Zach is a family man, a champion for good music, a hard worker, someone who has become more than just a fan. He is my friend, and I'm so grateful to have shared this with him. All right, before I get too sappy about these wonderful folks... Everyone, let's get to my conversation with Seth Walker. Keep them on their toes. <laughs> Got to. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into it, man. All right. Your van is on fire. Yeah, love dude. And love the book. Um, I, I poured, like, I just flew through it as I expected I would. Cool. So let's, let's kind of talk about the, the, the big stuff. And that, first of all, like, why? You know, what, 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 what made you sit down and do it? Well, um, well, I'll tell you this, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't planned. It wasn't, um, even, I mean, a couple months in, I didn't even, I didn't realize it was going to be a book. Honestly, mm -hmm. I was just, you know, like we all were just, you know, trying to reinvent ourselves and, you know, you know, I, I was just staring out my window and, um, yeah, and I just, I guess through the years, I would do some essays, like not essays, but like little journal entries or, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, I mean, obviously songwriting and poetry are kind of parallel somewhat. Um, so through the years, I would just kind of dabble in it. And I just, dude, I just, I, it, it was so cathartic. Uh, to sit back there and have so, a new a new outlet, a new um, muse that was um, long form, mm -hmm. albeit short stories. For me, I, I'm usually kind of tied to a three minute song or yeah. you know, a couple verses in a chorus. This was like, man, this was wide open for me. You know, I could just kind of sprawl. And so I guess to answer your question, um, yeah, it was just, it was something that just kind of snuck up on me and I just kind of went with it. Yeah. Is the, you know, I, I think that's, I love that conversation about the length of creative work and you know, I think like as I write my own songs, I think I, I don't necessarily because I don't really produce them for anybody, you know, it's just like me and my, you know, lining up my Beanie Babies or whatever and playing to them. But it's it, it I, I, I certainly when I play a song or I write a song, I, I, I certainly am grateful when I can get in and out in three minutes. Right. Like I, I, I feel like that is it's hard to tell a story in that amount of time. And when you're able to do it, it's pretty yeah. amazing with my other yeah. writing. I just fucking write, man. Like if I'm writing an album review, I write till I'm done. And that sometimes that's 500 words. And sometimes it's a thousand, sometimes it's 3000, you know, and it mm -hmm. just goes and goes. And I wonder if for you, like, are there, can you transfer some of that experience of writing the book to songwriting? Like, are we going to get like a Seth Walker fish, uh album or like or 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 do you think there's any any crossover there does that make sense you see what i'm saying oh oh def, definitely that there will be yeah um that, that you know it opened me up i learned more about i mean obviously i i you know i was diving into i was reading a lot more than i ever have learning learning the learning how to do this you know um and I learned, and in the process, it just cracked me open, dude. I mean, the whole the whole pandemic cracked us all open. So it's kind of all this together, 
Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I learned more about myself through writing the book than actually writing. Wow. What, like, what are you know. some of those lessons that you learned about yourself? Um, well, I, I, I guess a, a big one is, you know, when, when you do, you know, I've been doing music for such a long time. It's yeah. like, um, you know, 11 albums deep or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and since the 90s, uh, right? Get, I mean, your, you know, your you, first record was like the late 90s. 90, it? 98 or something? 97 was my, 97. yeah, 97 was my first album. Damn, dude. You know, and you, and you, you know, I mean, I've, I've always tried to test myself and, you know, step out to the skinny end of the branch and, you know, see <laughs> where my, you know, limits were. But at the same time, you kind of you can you can kind of trap yourself into things that work mm-hmm. or things that you think will be good for an album that maybe doesn't quite speak to you or something i mean with all kinds of pitfalls and traps you can do in the creative process it's that's not a mystery we all right. suffer with that but having something um <laughs> that I had no preconceived notion of what this would be mm-hmm. or what the reader would are, are, you know, they're not anticipating. They don't know what this is going to be. Yeah. So I learned, yeah. it kind of reminded me of why I started playing music in the first place. That beginning, the, the story of your band is on fire was like, I had this, you know, it was like my first gig. You know, like yeah, that, yeah. that, that feeling of discovery. And that I did, I did feel that in the writing of the book. Um, it was, it was discovery in so many ways, you know. That's so exciting, Seth. Like, and by the way, um, there's a little bit of popping. I don't know. It seems like maybe when you get a, I don't know where the perfect distance is, but like maybe a little okay. further away. Um, okay, cool. The... That's so exciting. I mean, to to have been doing this creative work for so long and and clearly like it's not as though you I mean, you love the work. You love the like you and I have talked several times and I've seen you play live. You can't fake that shit. I mean, the way your presence on stage and the way that you connect with an audience is one of my favorite things about the the work that you do. And you do it better than just about anybody I know in terms of like you on stage connecting with the audience and having this communal experience. So clearly, and clearly you love the work and clearly you love to do what you do, but at the same time, how exciting is that, that you have this other creative outlet for a guy who's got a few creative outlets, right? Like you, it's not like you're one dimensional, you've got a few. So how exciting is that, that you found this new thing that then sets you off in a way that allows you to think about the, the process differently. That is so exciting. It, it, it is, this has happened to me two times specifically. I mean, obviously I'll get, I'll get excited, you know, with a new album, I'm always, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, get new bag of tunes and a new thing, a new sound or whatever. Yeah. But about, I guess in the early two thousands or something, I was living in Austin and man, I just got beat. I just got beat up with the music business, man. I, I, and I took three months off and I painted. I just, 
I, you know, I went to art school for a while painting and um, it realigned me with my music again. It kind of, you know, it's like, I, sometimes I, I'm, how can you miss it if you never go away kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And um, the same thing happened with, with the book. And now that I'm getting back into working on a new album again, I'm like, the book kind of helped me balance you know, give me some perspective and um, almost reignited some of my creativity. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I, I wonder when you, you know, you talked about, cause I mean, it, it's so interesting how it came together that you didn't really realize you had a book necessarily. And then, and then all of a sudden you had a book. Um, and, and I wonder like in that process, when, you're putting some of these stories together and some of these stories I love. One of the things I loved about reading it is I felt like, Oh, Seth told these stories on my show before. I know this story. There's a couple of, couple of moments, a few moments in there where I'm like, Oh yeah, I, the Cuba thing. And there's a few of them, you know, that you've talked uh -huh. about on the marinade and I'm like, Oh, dope. This yeah. is really nice to read it in a different yeah. format. <laughs> but I think yeah. also like that, that idea of expectations that you brought up is when I want to kind of come back to, which is, I didn't know what to expect either. Right. And as I go into it, mm -hmm. it, it's really interesting to me how the book has not only those anecdotes, but your artwork and poetry. And, um, there's a discography section. That's like the titles of the records with a little, mm -hmm. I guess like a little yeah. almost poem underneath it, I guess is probably the, I don't know if that's the right way to yeah, say it. I feel like a little stands each. Yeah. 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 So I, like w w when you, when you decided this was going to be a book, how did that come together? How did the, the sort of the format and flow of it come together? Since there are these some somewhat disparate mm -hmm. ideas that come that are in this cohesive work. Yeah. Um, well, it just so happened that um, my neighbor in Nashville, Tennessee, had written a story about me. She's a great writer and poet herself. Her name's Leslie Lachance. She wrote a story about me in the East Nashvilleian. And, and we just, be, I mean, we were just next door neighbors and she's awesome. We were friends, we, especially during the COVID, you know, that's but the only people that I saw was, was, was her and John. And I just said, you know, I, I'm going to show her a few of these essays and just see what she thinks I was kind of nervous to be quite honest with you because she's a writer <laughs> man she's like dude she's like man you you might you might have something here you know she and she started to help me she well she quickly became my editor right um and you know she was also you know the first to tell me what what wasn't working <laughs> right um it's always good to have a, 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 you know, someone like on your team like that. And, and as far as how it finally came together, as far as using all, using all these different kind of, you know, the poetry, the essays and the artwork, um, there was one afternoon specifically, I remember I had printed out the essays that I had and we sat around the dining room table and she said, I want you to have a dinner party with your essays. And we're going to see which essays work would sit together and have good conversation. And then we'll put and we did and we put all the essays around the table like it was a dinner party. 
And that's how we kind of dis discovered that the book would be set up into sections instead of chapters. So it's only six, six sections and they're thematic somewhat. Uh, some of them are like masters, obviously is of all of my influences and people I've, I've opened up for and on and on. So that's kind of, that's how the book kind of took shape. Wow. Okay. So going back first to, to just that, that question of like, or that feeling of being kind of, I, I love this. I love that you were anxious about bringing this to your friend, right? So it's like, like because yeah. I, for so many reasons, right? Because first of all, I can mm -hmm. fucking relate, right? When there's, yeah. there's always that imposter syndrome that comes with any creative work. Um, yeah. But, uh, but also because you were stepping into a different world, there's a, a, an even deeper level of that. Um, can you, can you talk more about like, that moment and what made you go, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring this work to her and I'm going to see what she says. Um, gosh, how did that, how did that come? I can't remember which piece I showed her first. Um, I think it was, I think Oddly, actually, the, the first piece that I had was one that I had written a long time ago called 66 Miles to Laramie, which is a <laughs> crazy ass tale uh, about a gig I did out in BFE, Wyoming. And um, it was just a funny, it was just a more of a funny, funny tale, but it was pretty, it was pretty, I thought it was put together pretty well. And um, she just I think I'd gone over there and we were having a, a dinner party and or just having a, a, a dinner and some wine. And um, I made sure she had had, had a few glasses. First. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and then I broke it out on her and then and then we were really became inseparable there for I mean, she helped me. Hmm. I mean, six months straight. Um, we I would send them over to her. We had a little Google, um, you know, doc things. And I, I would send her over things. And sometimes she would be like, I'm sorry, I'm getting away from your question, but no, it's great. Um, Keep going. She would, she would, she would say the bones of this are cool, but, um, there's no, what what we just what we soon discovered is that the essays started to take shape and they had and a lot of them had a similar I wanted them to have a, a little arc you know and I had some stories I thought were well written but they didn't quite have any they never kind of went anywhere they were very descriptive and a lot of them were biographical but so we had to weed through some of those to find the ones that kind of had a little story and a little arc and um yeah it's interesting I, I i'm not used to talking about it i've talked about music all the time yeah yeah when you talk about the writing of the book is kind of it's kind of fun for me i'm still trying to you know articulate the process it's not it's not something i talk about very much <laughs> I oh good i mean not good that you don't talk about it much but good that i get to, to pull it out <laughs> of you <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's not really necessarily what you usually like, Seth. You're usually, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call you tongue-tied normally. <laughs> um, 
Well, it's a very it's a very ambiguous art form. That's that's one thing I, I I've found. It's um, you know I'm a kind of a sprawling. I guess I'm kind of a sprawling cat, you know, uh, yeah. you know, musically and just yeah. personally too. So um, there's lots of different tones mm -hmm. in the book, and um, I liked I liked the fact that um, there weren't any borders. Really, mm. there wasn't any expectations or style, even stylistic you know <laughs> restrictions that's pretty fucking uh fun for me because yeah. i've been i've been kind of not stuck but you know i'm you know how, you know well i think that's interesting that the idea because you, you both said and i don't know if there's anything here but it, it's worth it's worth visiting and that is you just mentioned how stylistically you have so many influences. Your music doesn't really fit in a genre per se, right? Like you can end up on the blues chart. You could end up on the jazz chart. You could end up on the Americana chart because you borrow from so many different mm -hmm. places. And because your musical education throughout your life, we've talked about this on record before is it, you, you listen to so many different things and, and you, and you, you can play so many different things and so I think it's interesting that you just said that about writing the book, because it does seem like musically you don't approach it necessarily with a whole lot of boundaries. Like you're doing you and whatever comes out, comes out is what it seems mm -hmm. like. And, and, and it sounds like that, that ethos informed the book in a, in maybe a bigger way than you realize. I think you're, yeah, I think, I think you're right for, for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I think back on, I think back on, on some of the, uh, songwriting and, and albums and, and, and things. And, and there is so many different, so many different styles. Like you said, there's so many different styles, country, blues, jazz, folk, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Caribbean music, yep, yep. music, funk music, all these different types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think just, I mean, obviously I've been working with, with, with the written word all these years. I mean, I'm a songwriter, so I am a lyricist. Right. Um, but it just felt so, it felt just, I mean, I just had so much damn fun. Like I would just <laughs> sit at the, de at my desk and just, you know, remember all these, and for some reason I can remember these things in vivid you know, when I was really young man, but I cannot remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> I don't know why I could remember remember some of these things. Or you know, it, it's it kind of takes me back to when I grew up playing Suzuki music, Suzuki cello music, mm -hmm. which is an um, an ear training kind of thing. You know, when you and when you're young, these things get hardwired. Mm -hmm. Some of these memories get hardwired. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to kind of, um, you know, climb back in there and, and relive them uh, really I was, like I said, cathartic. And I, I learned a lot about, I learned so much about who, who 
who I am and, and also who I'm not mm. by doing it. Yeah. How did you, I think that's so interesting. The, the fact that I've been thinking about this a lot lately too. And part of it is just my own anxiety, remembering, um, moments that I wish had gone differently. Uh, as I, I just Mm -hmm. turned, turned 40 in December. And I think it's interesting how like the memories that are coming up in my mind, as I reflect on my life, I'm at a very, reflective moment in my life and how so many of them tend to be these moments where I'm like, you should have done this, but you did this. And I wonder like from, from a a creative life like yours and all the things you've experienced and all the stories, how you zeroed in on, these are the stories that I want to tell because like, you know, you've been, you've been playing music and touring since again, like we said, the nineties, right? So how did you, were those just coming out as you were sitting down to do the work or like, why, why did those memories rise to the top? Well, sure because you, could have had a bunch, you know what I mean? Because most of the damn, most of the damn stories that I wrote were about the, the things that went wrong. It's like, <laughs> no one, no one wants it to is called your van is on life. fire. That's I mean, for God's sakes, that's the title of the book. Like, no one wants to hear about us, uh, you know, something gone right. <laughs> I woke up on time. I made the gig without any hiccups. Yeah, it was a wonderful gig. Who gives a shit? Um, but the, you know, the, those are those are the things that 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 really that really shape you when it doesn't go right. Mm. You know, and. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there. I mean, it's got a balance of things, but in, in the book, there's, 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 there's some just real contemplative things that are that that are um, um, you know that that were kind of artistic to write and uh, you know, I guess poetic in nature. But but a lot of it is just about these wild ass characters that I've met through the years and. And um, I, I, I mean, Jesus, you can't make this shit up. It's just no. these, these, you know, it's just, it's just funny. <laughs> it is. It's, it's it, your, your life story is, is so interesting to me. And I think, um, you know, you, we talked about it last time we, we recorded and you talk about it in the book, but even going back to like your upbringing and how like, uh, yeah. you know, it, you didn't exactly have the uh, traditional, um, you know, suburban upbringing in America. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so like, <laughs> and, and just thinking back to just how, how your life has unfolded beyond that. I'm, I'm wondering, one of the things I admire so much about you is, is how grounded you are in your family and how you and your father have such a good relationship. And I, you know, had the pleasure mm-hmm. of meeting your father last time I saw you at Swanee. Um, and what a just yeah. bright light he clearly is, you know, and he played with you then and you guys played music yeah. together. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, if, if there are, as you reflect, and, and it comes up in the book quite a bit, you do talk about your family as well in the book. And I, I, I wonder what lessons you've learned about how to maintain those relationships that you might be able to share with us. About maintaining my relationship with my family. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, especially as as you know, as as you 
as you age, as your father ages, as the the world changes, the how much as much as it has over time, like what relationship lessons you can maybe impart that you've learned? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I think the whole COVID thing, for starters, you know, realigned us with what's important, just in general, generally speaking, and and you know, for so long. Uh, I was in that big ass white van sitting in my driveway, just driving tunnel vision for years, 15 years of touring. And I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my family as an adult. Yeah. You know, gigs just always took precedent. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I I do kick myself for some of that. I I missed out on a lot of (laughs) special times with them. And, um, uh, and COVID kick. I'm actually living in Asheville, North Carolina right now. Okay. I moved from Nashville uh, right before Christmas. And um, so all my family lives here now. My mother and my father and my sister. So this is the first time I've lived in the same town with them since I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm re, not that, I, not that I lost touch with them. But when you, you know, sometimes, you know, all the distance, it really can drive a wedge. Makes a difference. And I'm, I'm like it, appreciating them in a whole new way now. Uh, obviously, proximity-wise, I could actually spend more time with them. Um, but, you know, writing the book and going through the, the change, all of this, an end of a, of a relationship that I was in, all that all happened at the same time I was writing a book and moving here. Wow, Every, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it, it, it was. Damn, it dude. Was a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a lot. My van was definitely on fire. <laughs> my whole, my, yeah. How, was how, how do you keep doing, and, and I know you, if I'm not mistaken, you've been writing new music too. Like, how do you, that's a lot, man. Like, let's acknowledge, first of all, um, that that's a ton. And I, and I know a lot of us have gone through that, you know, in that, in the last year and some change in, in different ways, but how are you, how are you still creating at that time, creating to the point where you finished a book? Like what? What what kept you going there? How did you stay grounded in those moments? The book. <laughs> the book. I mean, the, wow. I mean that's the only reason why I could have uh, stayed sane was to have some have something to work towards, work wow. through. Wow. Um, do you know to because I, my whole life I've uh, I've had. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I guess it's some kind of, you know. Um, I guess I'm a goal, like a not a goal oriented, but I like a. I, I like having projects, you know, that I can mm-hmm. focus my energy on, you know. Sometimes I don't. I don't. I. I I'm real streaky with my creativity too. Um, but. I guess to answer your question, yeah, man. Um, I just put in. I just put put all of the, all of the heartache and all of the 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 unknown and the, just into into the art. I'm so thankful that I, I have I have that that mm-hmm. outlet. And a lot of a lot of folks don't have don't don't have that to to, to pour themselves into. So I'm very thankful for that. 
And uh, yeah, it was rough, but you know, shit, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I didn't get sick or none of my, everybody, but luckily everybody in my family, you know, nobody got COVID or anything. So it could mm. be a lot worse, you know? Hell yeah. 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 No, it's, yeah. Again, like we talked about before, before we, we really started this up, like just how fortunate I feel that I, I don't know how the fuck I didn't get it. Like my, I was, I was teaching my, my, my partner was a bartender the whole time. Florida was just wiling out the whole time. Like, I don't oh, know. Well, well, the good, I mean, that's, that's the cool thing about Florida. There was no, there was never any COVID down yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to worry about it. I mean, that's what I love about that state. We love about that state. We just don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't have to worry about reality. We we don't have to. We live in the tropics. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Works for, works for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want to go back. To but I I really need. I needed it. I needed it. I needed. I needed the stop. I was on a flaming hamster wheel of doom. Uh, uh, and I just needed everything to stop. I mean, and. I needed, I just needed to address so many, so many things. And I'm still in the process of doing such things, but I definitely needed the spotlight. I needed that. I needed it. It was like a, a microscope for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you feel comfortable talking about any of the, the things that you needed to address that you have been able to work on? Absolutely not. No, I'm just okay. <laughs> it's fine if you know. It's fine if you know. <laughs> or if you want to say it, oh, and then we cut it out, and only Jen Basically. and Peter hear it. <laughs> I can always Lord. edit, baby. <laughs> You're pushy. You're so fucking pushy. Yeah, Ver um, Verlin Thompson said to me. He said, "I uh, if I ever get accused of a crime, I hope you're not my interrogator." He said that about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh good god i mean um i was uh um, you really don't have to if you don't want to i'm, I'm trying to uh, i'm trying to articulate it too like um i guess i guess one thing i'm i'm, I'm definitely working on is i've been so um uh communicative through my music through the years, you know, and I, you know, tried to really, you know, uh, emote through it and, and can, and, and be open to the audience, be open to the muse. Um, but sometimes I, I feel like I, I, I wasn't communicating with myself very well outside of that. Mm. And I wasn't, um, I would almost, uh, you know, I mean, the the whole the whole art form is kind of this funny. Um, it's like I was I was watching this Duke Ellington thing today, and they were saying, um, he was like, "How do you come up with your ideas?" He goes, oh, "I'm a dreamer," and the guy goes, "I thought you were a piano player." He goes, "No, I'm not a piano player. This is not piano." And he was sitting the piano. And he said, "This is dreaming." He's just, you know, this is not playing the piano. And sometimes I, 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 it's like a, you know, when you, when you're in this creative state and you become, you, you're, you're essentially dreaming, mm -hmm. and you're in an, you're in an, a completely alternate state. And it's, it can be very tricky to navigate 
what is where your where your center is. I mean, it's my it's my it's my job to get off center. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, it's my job to go outside outside the line. So I'm trying to come back and have a, a more of a centered place where I can communicate with myself first better then communicate with those around me because that was that was a real wedge that I was having trouble with with my my relationships and uh, with myself first and the people that are around me so I'm, I'm, that's what I'm working on wow man thank you for sharing that um, I are you in that dream space like when you're writing something like the stories that that you wrote for the book are you in that same is it that same dream creative space as when you're writing music it's it's a little different but it's it's a very just it's a similar it's a similar place that i always find myself in it's like a little a little world i mean each essay is kind of its own little dream world you know, some of it, some of them took on a life of their own and, and, and I would, um, you know, I took artistic license with a lot with, with some of that and I would just kind of, you know, paint this, paint this world and, and, and in a similar way that I might, that I might do a song. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 very it's it's almost and it's also it's also uh, uh, what I what I discovered that's a little in a, it slightly similar to songwriting is the puzzle of it, mm. the puzzle of getting into the essay. How do you get in? It's 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 a, it's it's not as easy as you might think. <laughs> You know, to set the set set the tone. A lot of times, I you know, you want it you want it to finish. You don't want it to stop. Too, you mm -hmm. have to. This the story has to end. It can't just stop. And so, those are all kind of dreamy, uh, like a little, little it's its own little world in there. Yeah, that and how much of how much of understanding where it ends but doesn't stop? How much of that is you kind of intuitively knowing what that feels like, and how much of that is the influence of, say, Leslie, who's you know editing the work? A lot, a lot of it was in, in, intuitive, um, and and. and and a process through through writing. You write, you rewrite, you write, you rewrite, you read, mm. you you read it for your for Leslie. She reads it back to me. We find out what flows, what doesn't. Mm. Um, it's and the more you do it, and the more essays that I wrote, the more I learned. You know, it's just like writing like songs. You 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 know, it has to have mm. It does have to have some fundamental foundations. Um, I feel, uh, I learned a lot as well by watching masterclass. <laughs> um, I watched, um, uh, Billy Collins did a tutorial on poetry who I completely fucking 
fell in love with his work. I don't know if you guys know him. him I don't but, know. Um, oh God, write that down. Billy yeah, Collins. I did. He's, he 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 shaped a lot of the book. David Sedaris is a huge. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Sedaris. Yeah, he's great. Um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, revisionist history guy. Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah, he did. He did a, a, a master class. So I was study. I would study. You know, as I was doing this, I was studying and of course reading um, more than I ever had before, and I started to learn. Um, little, you know, a little puzzle. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, when you're when you're reading that kind of thing, are you looking at it from a? Are you approaching it differently now that you've written this book? Like when when you when you when you consume uh, the written word, is there a difference in the way that you look at it now? There is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More damn sure, man. That's so interesting. Can you yeah, say it was that? pretty. It was pretty wild, man. I mean, <laughs> writing this book was insane. I mean, it was, it was, it, 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 it like possessed my ass. It just took me uh, over. It just, it just took, it just took me over. Wow. And I, I, I gained so much respect for writers <laughs> yeah you know i think about writing i think about writing a novel sometime i'm like holy shit that would just be you know writing a two-page essay is one thing but threading a whole novel together is a completely other uh, that would take some serious serious patience and yeah obviously um yeah yeah i'm uh almost done with the first draft of a novel and I've been working on it for like, Great, yeah, dude. yeah. Thank you. I, What's it called? I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the title is going to be. I think it's a great. I think it's a great title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. Here's the other thing, Seth. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to probe uh, uh, that that question about like showing it to somebody. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to show it to anybody. Like I, I want to write this thing. Oh come on! And I want to finish it, but I don't know if I'm gonna show it to anybody. And everybody says what you just said, right? Everybody's like, "Let's fucking put it out there." I, and it's the same thing with with music, right? I was talking to my buddy uh, about like I'm, I want to make a record of my songs, and I was talking to my buddy about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll produce it. Let's do it." And uh, as I was talking to him about it, I was like, I don't know if I want anybody to hear this. And he's like, why would you not? Well, who cares? Like, put it out there. <laughs> let it go. You know, do the thing. But there, you know, I don't know. But anyway, I'm almost done. And well, with the first that's, round. That's natural. That's natural. It isn't. But isn't it, 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 it? Right. Like, that's just part sure, of the thing. Sure. It is. I mean, I cannot tell you that I, that I was not like a little nervous about releasing this <laughs> yeah this uh you know the, i mean it's it's a whole other genre of <laughs> it's yeah it's not music yeah it's, you know and that's um but it was it was very uh it was it it gave me a jolt you know, mm. it was I, I, I was I was excited to test my boundaries and, and whether whether it to see whether it landed on its feet or not. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's part of of our of our 
of the whole journey, you know, it's, it's about the gigs that don't go right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's great. Life is about the gigs that don't go right. Right. I mean, it really is to some extent. Right. I was talking to um, my sister-in-law today. I'm officiating her wedding in a couple of weeks. And so we were kind of making like, you know, final plans and I was talking about how things are right now in my life. And I was like, man, things are fucking great right now. And my anxiety brain immediately goes, well, what's going to go wrong? What's be right, be on your toes for what's going to go wrong. But what a terrible way to look at it, right? <laughs> like, how about just how about yeah, just yeah. accepting that, hey, you've been making some good choices, your life's going pretty well. <laughs> how about just accepting yeah. like the universe is giving you some good shit right now? And let's just soak it in. Yeah. It's, oh man it's, it's balance the gig doesn't have to go balance. wrong you know but if it does learning from <laughs> it and then having the story is pretty cool well well it's it's interesting because since i've written the book i've gotten hired for a few uh guest essays uh i got hired for one for relics magazine um cool. to do some essays another one and they were one of them was write an essay about just about my relationship with the music business and how, you know, and what would, what would I, advice I would give to a young musician coming up in this thing. And, uh, mm. my kind of theme or, or of the, of the essay was about, uh, you know, bend and you shall be straight kind of things. Like you, you can't be rigid with it. And when things do go get wobbly, you know, bend, you know, right. And that's the only way you're going to be able to, to keep going. Right. Uh, in, in art or life, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. Cause if you force it, shit ain't gonna work. And isn't that the truth with everything? I think that's a transferable lesson to just about anything. If you have, if you're, if you're trying to force it, and if you have yeah. to force it, it's not going to work, right? Like um, mm -hmm. Zach just came in, and I'm sure Zach could attest to like, uh, you know, if you're, you're, Zach does a lot of, a lot of work, um, a lot of, a lot of labor, and like if you're trying to force that you know, that screw into a place where it ain't going to work, <laughs> like trying to force whatever that thing is. It's so true. It's such a transferable thing um, to just about it anything, is. right? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's sometimes I'll do these gigs and it's like, I can't, it's not, it's not the, you know, whatever the, 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 the chi is not aligned and the flow is not happening. And I'll just try to press down on it and force it to happen. And it's just, it's just so counterintuitive. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, I, I will say, um, I've had this happen in songwriting. Uh -huh. I've tried to press down on songs, trying to squeeze them out, squeeze out lyrics. And then it, it always is, doesn't seem to, it, it's, it, it makes it more difficult. And I know that there's a fine line between work ethic and flow, you know? Yeah, the, yeah. The muse, you know, 
you have to work for it. It's like a lot of writers say they well, most all writers say you got to show up at your desk every single day. Yeah. Start writing. Yeah. You know, so I know we're, we're kind of getting all, all crazy here, but um, no, that's where we go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I hoped. Yeah. And, and I think, it, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because I was, um, I was, I was going back and watching some performances on YouTube, uh, of yours. And I wish I would have remembered where this performance was, but there's this moment, the camera's like side stage. And there's this moment where you kind of turn toward the camera and you just go on this like bluesy riff and it's just like, you're just shredding. And it was so much fun to watch. And like, I've gotten to see you do that live. And I love that about the work that you do again, like I said earlier, one of my favorite things about what you do, I love your songs and I love your records, but man, the Seth Walker live show for folks listening to this, go see Seth when he's in your town. Like it is such an experience. And I was watching you and I was like, I know that you've got the technical chops. And then there's also this, like you were lost, man. In that moment, like on that video, whatever, ever it was and whatever you were doing, you could see that there was a difference. And, you know, I, I don't know that I even have a question other than just to say, like, it's clear that you have that you work on that balance between um, both the, the sort of technical aspect of things and also the getting lost in the dream like you talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very it's a very tricky thing, like. Sometimes I feel like I'm too far on one, you know, mm -hmm. on, on either side of that. I get too, I get a lot, I get analytical and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm choppy. I'm thinking about licks. I'm thinking about, mm. you know, and, mm. and then sometimes I go the opposite way. It's just what's so amazing about these, these, the the legend the legends like duke ellington these are these are charlie parker or miles mm. or somebody like this who have this just immense uh, set of tools and skill and knowledge but they can tap into the dream thing and just transcend all that and that's yeah. that is a very that's a very, it can be a very elusive place to get to, mm. you know, athletes do the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, all the practice, all of the, all the drills. And then when they get into the flow, find that flow where you're not thinking about an E flat major scale. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, that's man. It's so interesting. I think that as I got older, I was talking about sports specifically, you know, I played as we've talked about, I played sports competitively my whole life. And then until I, you know, until it wasn't there anymore. Right. Until I wasn't good enough anymore. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think about like when I go out to play games now, I was so, I'm very coachable and I was so like locked into technique and um, so locked into fundamentals when I was playing ball. Yeah. That sometimes I would get too lost in that and not allow for that moment of flow that you're talking about. Whereas now I don't have any expectations, right? Like my back hurts mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, now I, it's like, <laughs> I let go of, I'm not trying to do this thing yeah. that I probably physically can't do. And it's actually 
makes me better because I'm more in tune to the flow of the game. The fundamentals are still important, right? But I'm able to let go of sort of those expectations and finding that balance and striking mm-hmm. that balance again, I think is a transferable lesson that can happen that you can apply then to not only music or sports, but to pretty much any discipline. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and, and expectations is a, is a, is a an interesting word to just bring up because I, what's, what's kind of odd about when COVID hit, is that, um, you know, when I was on the road for so, so many years, um, I don't know, I would get, I would get, uh, there was just, sometimes I would get on stage and the whole day was just so fucking hectic and, and, and expectations of, you know, what this show is supposed to be and people are coming in, they're paying the money and I've, driven 400 miles or more and i've set up the gear and dealt with some crazy ass sound man and (laughs) and then um set up the merch and try to find some food and and then find that flow yeah every single night yeah is a very it can be spotty (laughs) yeah it can be spotty and when covid hit I would be doing these live shows, uh, Insta, you know, whatever, Facebook, Instagram live. Yeah. And even though I, I hated missing being obviously in the presence and in the energy sharing the space with my fans, I did learn to relax more when I sang. <sighs> you probably don't hear this. You probably don't hear people saying they actually enjoyed doing live streams nope. very often, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, uh, a lesson for me, uh, like an exercise, and to try to get my spirit and my nervous system relax. And I think when I get back out on the road, I think I want to try to keep that in check along with my expectations. Man, what a lesson! What a great lesson! And I, I, that's, that was a good one. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I hoped. I hope that we all. I, I've said this in different forms, but I hope that we all carry those lessons that we've learned during the pandemic into the post-pandemic world, if that ever exists, right? Like Florida's trying hard not to let that be a thing, but hopefully we get back to somewhat normal and, uh, you know, and we can, we can go back to these, you know, also rethinking the way that we're approaching certain things. I've learned so many fucking lessons, man. I mean, just like all things about the show, like it's been the best year for the marinade. And part of it is because I got out of my goddamn ego and I went, let's do Zoom calls and let's reach out to people and, you know, not worry about, you know, yes or no. And let's let's go for it. I just booked Willie Vlotten. That was my big announcement for everybody. I, I think I already dm'd a few folks but because i got too excited but (laughs) (laughs) vomiting it out now (laughs) just book willie vladen who's like one of my all-time creative heroes you know and he probably would have said yes three years ago right (laughs) but i just i was like i don't do phoners i catch up in person (laughs) you know like what a stupid attitude yeah right (laughs) you know like what a what a like i probably missed out on god knows who i i hate even admitting this but i think i missed out on david byrne because I, I didn't really want to do a phoner. And uh, 
Sorry, everybody. God. <laughs> I was just kind of standoffish about it because I didn't want to do a phoner, you know? I'm bleeding for you guys right now. Yeah, so stupid, man. <laughs> just like, what? Who do you think you are? You could have had David Byrne uh, on a telephone, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you wanted to do it like via <laughs> code, I'd learn it, you know? <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now you got you got now you got them Seth Walker. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going back to the well, baby. This is your third appearance. You're the first third time. Yeah, you're the first uh, third time uh, guest. Wow, shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Pretty yeah. cool. Cool. Oh, um, so I want to open it up. I want to introduce you to all these wonderful people too, Seth. Um, so that's Jen Ross under the Patrick Hagerman label there. Sorry, I am not Patrick Hagerman. <laughs> And that's Peter. <laughs> and that's Zach. Um, hey, Peter. So hey guys. Peter and like the, just for context, like Peter and I worked together in Jacksonville and became really, really close friends. Um, 2012, mm. Peter, I think we first started working together. Yeah. That sound right. Um, yep. Jen and I met in the photo pit at Swanee uh, while Brandy Carlisle was playing and um, then went on to work wow. together on creative projects. And Zach is the first fan of the marinade who didn't have to be a fan of the marinade. He was the first the first person who like came to the show organically, lives up in Minnesota, and, uh, and has just been such a great supporter and oh, become man. a friend. So um, these are the folks in the room. If you guys oh, have anything cool. you wanna say, or we can just start hanging, you know, at this point. But I also really need to go check on Conundrum, who's making a ton of fucking noise and probably destroying the house. The marinade. Funny story in the book about um, the very first time I went to see the Grateful Dead. Um, it's called Little Round Purple Glasses. And it's, uh, it's my father took me to see the dead and with it well and a bag of mushrooms me and oh. my dad <laughs> and this guy named and this guy named al al and uh yeah check that what, what was al's last name too there's like his name is something funny well i i named him al buzzkill oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a great read y'all should read the book too uh, like if you haven't read it definitely read it it's it's worth your time it's on audible as well like there's an audible version of it you, did you do the did you do the um did you read it yeah i did yeah what was that like uh at first it was a little weird but yeah i started to really enjoy it and and get um yeah i really i really i, I learned I learned a lot of, you know, when you reread and read and reread and read and read, you learn about the things you would have, you may have done a little bit different. And you also kind of discover some things that were hidden in there that you didn't re realize you'd done. There's some, there's some, there's some rhyme stuff that I'm doing inside essays. That I didn't realize I was doing. It's just from all the songwriting. Mm. And when I'm reading it, I can, it starts to swing. It's like a song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, I learned, I learned a little bit about that. What are you, uh, we didn't do what you're getting down on. I just forgot because everybody was here and we were having fun. What, what are you listening to or, or reading or like, have you seen a film lately that's fired you up? Um, I've been listening to a lot of, I've been listening to a, 
a lot of uh, jazz. I listen to a lot of Bill Evans as well. Mm. <laughs> I just sit and listen to Bill Evans. It just soothes my soul. I love that. Um, there's a great record he did with Jim Hall. I just discovered, um, and I'll have been listening to Bill Frizzell mm. record he did, mm -hmm. um, and I've been listening to uh, Ernest Wranglin. I don't know Ernest Wranglin. Ernest Wranglin is um, he's like a jazz guitar player from Jamaica. Really true. It's really it's, it's a fucking cool record. Below um, the baseline. Below the baseline is the record to check out. Wait, what's what's, what's his name again? Er, Ernest Wranglin. Um, I taught. Do you know Seth? Do you know um, Jamie Barrier from Pine Hill Haints? Mm -hmm. Do you know the band Pine Hill Haints? Mm -hmm. um, he. I just recorded with him. Where is? Sorry, let me pause this because I'm trying to find the name of this record. It's called heart of the congos and it's um lee scratch perry i don't know who all is involved but lee scratch perry is kind of like the mastermind behind it right yeah. and it's like a four track recording with like one track is recording outside the window so there's like a cow mooing and there's like the rustle of the palm tree and shit. <laughs> it's just like the coolest record i've heard in so long and he he was going through it was a really cool experience he's talking about his new record uh, jamie was and he was like he, this is the record i was listening to when i was, was writing this song this is the record i was listening to when i was writing this song and he kind of went through each one and one of them he paused on it and he was like this is the shit. like listen to this no matter what you're into you'll be into this um but heart of the congos it, Heart, okay Heart yeah of the congos. Yeah, I'm all that's a, that's it's it like has had my attention. I just haven't stopped listening to it. And, and you know, like oh, island music for me is hit or miss. It, it, I need somebody to curate it for me, right? I need somebody. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, as far as as far as reading and stuff goes, um, it just so happened when when my whole world exploded and I left Nashville and I moved to Asheville, the house that I'm currently living in, uh, what belonged to um, a friend of my sister's that she plays violin with. And her mother lived here and her mother, her name was Eileen Bonkenstein and she died about two years ago, but she was a prolific poet herself. And she was a psychiatrist uh, back in the fifties. She wrote four books two of them in Italian. And so I have in that bookshelf back there, I have yeah. every classic piece of literature ever written. William wow. Blake, Shakespeare, wow. Yeats. Wow. wow. Um, it's, it's all staring at me. And I've really, it's, it's, it, Eileen's spirit is in this house and she, she, I actually finished your van is on fire in this house. Mm. And she's kind of like she's kind of like my, you know. Don't watch Netflix, motherfucker. You need to pick out a book. 
Well, Seth, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but um, one thing that is in the book that I want folks, I want folks to read the book, but I also, if you don't mind telling maybe a little bit of the story of meeting George Clinton at your gig in North Florida, that would be oh. really cool. <laughs> a good way to end things, I feel like. Goes to buy books. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a dope ass fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place called Bradfordville Blues Club, which is out just outside of Tallahassee. It's a little bitty. It's like a bunker, really. Um, it used to be on the Chitlins blue circuit once upon a time. And this guy, Gary uh, Anton, took it over, I guess, about 15 years ago. And he's kept it just like it used to be. I mean, it's just funky as shit. I mean, it's... <laughs> and there's this woman named Ernestine. She cooks catfish, you know, and a, you know... And they have a bonfire and it's just, it's just a very homespun thing. And I'm doing, I've, I've been playing out there through the years and I'm take a break, getting ready to go back on stage. And the owner goes, Hey, uh, Seth, uh, George Clinton is here. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, yeah, George Clinton, he's really sitting right over there. And I was like, and I looked over there. Mother. Fuck, that is that is George Clinton. And he's got like his wife and his kids or something there. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I I like I can't believe this. And I start the second set and he's hollering at us, like, play that shit, boy. Play it. Play it. Play it, man. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. And he he gets, he's got this giant hat on. He looks so cool. And he gets up and he kind of waves goodbye, you know? And I'm like, dang, man, I was wanting to meet him, you know? <laughs> and, and I finished my last song and I kind of went out there to see if I could get some catfish. And I see this, his wife waving me down. She's like, Mr. Clinton wants to say something to you. I was like, oh shit. And so I go over there and he is leaning in his Cadillac and Escalade. And he's leaning way back in his, you know, and he's holding my vinyl. He bought my album, what? my vinyl record. That's awesome. And he's holding it. And he's like, hey, little brother. He's like, you play the shit, man. You, 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 a, he said, you a new kind of blue, man. You a new kind of blue. He goes, will you sign my record for me? I'm like, oh, I, I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, I mean, what do you sign? Yeah. What do you inscribe to George Clinton? You know, like, keep up the syncopation. <laughs> Love all the fuck, George. Uh, I don't even remember what I said on there. You just write Atomic Dog. He was so, <laughs> <laughs> he was so kind to me. And, um, you know, you know, one can only hope that maybe my record is spinning in the in the mothership. That's amazing. Do you remember which record <laughs> it was at at that time? It was sky. It was sky still blue. Oh, sky still blue. Uh, yeah. Okay. Man, yeah. that's an amazing. That was story. my brief run in. Brief run in with George Clinton. That's yeah. so dope, man. <laughs> Seth, thank you so much. This has been as much fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> Maybe more. Appreciate it, Jason. Nice to meet all you guys. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Can't wait to read your book. Yeah. yeah. Get the book and let's all get together, man. Lost and never found. I can't
Seth Walker, y'all. Thank you so much, Seth. Thank all of you for listening. SethWalker.com for all things Seth, including his book, Your Van is on Fire, and all his wonderful records. You can also follow him on social media. Follow The Marinade while you are over there. We are on Instagram and Twitter and love interacting with friends of the show. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including links to the show itself. Written pieces like the one I'm about to publish, chronicling my mini vacation to see Patterson Hood for two nights in a row. What a great trip that was. Also pick up some marinade swag while you're there. We have like, I'm trying to get rid of what we have now so we can get some new stuff. We have three black and white trucker hats left. That's it. And those are gone forever once they're gone. And then we're going to offer some new stuff. We also have some, uh, just a limited a number of marinade shirts made by pink robot shirts here in uh, the Orlando area. Uh, both are on kind of a crazy sale. The hats are up there for $10 and the shirts are just five plus shipping. Um, get these things out of my studio y'all so I can replace them with new things. Uh, I'm excited about a few different merch ideas. We're going to have some fun, especially with um, sort of, you know, inside jokes about, about the show. And um, I, we're going to go in a bunch of different directions once I get rid of all this stuff, but I don't have room in here for all this. So go buy it, please. I'll send it to you as soon as I can. Um, I have time off. You will get it in a couple of days at this point. If you, um, if you go ahead and buy it. So please do so if you can swing it and you want it. Um, but there are so many free ways to support the show. Uh, tell a friend, subscribe to the marinade and rate us on your podcast app. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to uh, exclusive content like what you just heard. Also our show, Jason's journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life. I'm working on a special Jason's journey today. As soon as I finish this, that chronicles my trip to see Patterson hood. I hope to release it in the next couple of days. Patreon is just a great way to connect with the show and every little bit helps. So if you can swing it, that would be awesome. If not, just keep listening, y'all. Thank you so much for listening and spreading the word. This is such a joy to make. And I have next week, this coming week, I have, by the time this comes out, I will have sat down with Andrew Bryant, who I'm so excited to talk to. Like I'm such a big fan of his and his new record, which comes out on, uh, on Friday, uh, July 9th is absolutely outstanding. And I can't wait to pick his brain. I mean, he's been through quite the interesting year and made such a beautiful record. Um, so, and then also Jamestown revival, I'm talking to those guys on, on Tuesday. Um, so by the time this comes out, I will have talked to those folks. Plus I have several already in the can ready to go. So Thank you, all of you, for listening. Um, You make this possible, and I really appreciate you. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. On the last episode of The Marinade, episode 85, Casey Anderson talked about Allison Russell's Outside Child. If I mentioned it on a previous what I'm getting down on, I am not sorry for mentioning it again. What a powerful personal record, the push and pull of it the vulnerability, her damn voice. I mean, it's so beautiful. Go listen to it, y'all. I'm going to get myself 
a physical copy. I mean, I'm just in love with it. I was trying to do yard work today and listen to the record at the same time. And it's just not a record you can do that with. You, you gotta be doing the record. <laughs> it's got like, that's why it's another, one of the many reasons I want a physical copy is I just want to sit with it. Um, such a, such a wonderful effort. The new record from T Hardy Morris, the digital age of Rome is also wonderful. I'm just, I've been a fan of his music for a long time, going all the way back to his band, dead Confederate. Check out the digital age of Rome by T Hardy Morris. In terms of film, I got one film for you and it's going to haunt you and you should watch it and stay with it. Um, my partner, Chris and I watched a film called La Irona which is about a former dictator in Guatemala who is haunted by the ghosts of the indigenous peoples that he murdered. Y'all, what a film. It's spooky and smart. It's, you know, it's political commentary, but it's also a horror film. I love that combination, like a spooky, intelligent film that has something to say. Chris and I both adored it, just thought it was wonderful. La Llorona check it out. Um, and that's what those things, uh, including a meaningful connection by Andrew Bryant, who I mentioned before, that's what I've been consuming. Like that's been my focus, um, really diving deep on some of these things. Allison Russell's record just haven't like, just can't stop listening to it. <laughs> right. And, but again, like I said, when I'm listening to it, I have to be listening to it right? I can't really be doing other things very well. I've tried. And like I said today, failed, but, um, check it out if you haven't already outside child. And then, um, that film La Llorona and T. Hardy Morris is the digital age of Rome. Highly recommend all of those things. That's all I have for you for this week, everybody. I'm going to get to work on that Jason's journey for our Patreon patrons. Thanks again to Jen, to Peter, to Zach for being there with us to talk with Seth. Thank you again, Seth. Thank all of you for listening. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.